Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Our mind has this incredible potential for happiness、mm. and this incredible potential for transformation. So we go through life thinking, well, I am this anxious person or I am this stressed person and there's nothing I can do about it. That's not true. We have an enormous potential deep within us that we kind of don't see and we don't realize, but it's there underneath. Hello, and welcome to the Not Perfect podcast with me, your host, Poppy Jamie, recovering perfectionist and founder of mental wellness app Happy Not Perfect. This show is about hitting pause. While we explore the mind, soul, science, real life experiences, and that confusing thing called happiness. Life throws curveballs, and I believe the greatest healing comes from honest conversation. I'll be interviewing thought leaders, change agents, scientists, and mystics for their insights and perspectives. I hope you'll join me on the journey. On today's show, we have Gellant Tupton. A man who started off in New York City, getting himself involved in all sorts of trouble, suffering depression, burnout, and anxiety. He decided a change was needed and took himself to a monastery and became a Buddhist monk. Years later, he's a worldwide thought leader, author of A Monk's Guide to Happiness and Meditation Guide. In this episode, we explore why we're all capable of feeling happier. Tips to reduce stress and anxiety in the moment, and dive into wisdom we can all take away. I hope you enjoy. In this podcast, we like to begin with three questions, just so people can get to know you, the person, and then we'll go into Gelon Tupting, the monk, speaker, author, extraordinaire, best-selling. Top of lists, you know, all all of the the the, the whole shebang. So, what is your favorite quote at the moment? Oh, okay. So, I like that quote.、Um, you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. <sighs> so, I think it's Einstein, but it might be one of these fake quotes, you know. But、so、whoever,、good. whoever, it's great, isn't it? Because that's the problem: is that we we try and solve a problem with the thoughts from within the problem. But I think you've got to step back. And, and and observe it from a distance, and then you can solve it. Oh my God! What screams to me right now is politics. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, second one. What's the most profound or silly life lesson you've been reminded or learnt recently? Oh, <laughs> the other day I was telling I was telling a friend, you know, I've got these friends who. I've got this bunch of friends, and and they just seem to slag each other off all the time. Isn't that terrible? And then my friend said to me, "Well, <laughs> you're doing it too, aren't you? <laughs> you just slag them off." <laughs> and I thought it's so true. Like we we criticize other people for actually the very thing that we're doing. <laughs> And I find myself doing that, and I think, "Oh wow, you've really tripped yourself up there." <laughs> yeah, triggered by our own things. And lastly, and this really leads into a much broader conversation today. But how do you define happiness? Oh, I really see happiness as when you can be less tormented by your thoughts. You know, when you can be at peace with your own mind. It's not about what you have or what you look like or where you go. It's about how you feel inside. 
and how to resolve that inner relationship so you can be at peace mentally? Oh, God, yeah, that really, even you saying that has this wave of calmness through me. Yes, I totally agree. So your book, and I have it here, was truly fantastic, an exploration into happiness and meditation, two instricably linked. The one thing you write about which struck me to begin with is when you describe happiness and the happiness hit. Mm. And I suddenly thought, you're right. I think that I'm addicted to constantly looking for more happiness. Why, why do you think happiness has become almost a drug to us? And can you explain that concept to everyone? Yeah, I think now more than ever, we we tend to see happiness as a feeling or a sensation. And, and we, we feel we have to have our senses kind of ramped up and, th- and then we, we feel something. And so that we identify as happiness. But the problem with that kind of happiness is it's very dependent on external triggers. Mm. You've got to have something that makes you feel good. And then when that thing is not there, you don't know how to access that feeling yourself. It's very dependent on the things around you. And Chemically, I think that produces in our body uh, the chemistry of dopamine, Mm. which is that feeling of wanting more. Mm. And the interesting thing about in research, they've shown that dopamine surges just before you get what you want. And then it drops away. You know, that's why it's always more exciting about the thing that's going to happen. Like getting dressed up for the New Year's Eve party is much more fun than the party. Totally. The party is often dreadful, but it's the getting ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's the thing that's about to happen. So it's almost as if we're living with, with a feeling of happiness in the future. This thing is going to happen, then I'll be happy. And the problem is, is that then we get the thing and then we want the next thing. So we're always seeking that next hit. Right. I think it's got worse, hasn't I it? I do think it's got worse. And also I feel that... We we start panicking when we don't feel happy. This is, I think, happiness has become so confusing because I think the media has told us if you're not happy, something's wrong. Mm. Do you? Mm. Do, do, have you I agree. Found that? I agree. And also, of course, the whole uh, the the way advertising works is it's it's designed to tell us you won't be happy until you buy this product. And in the old days, you weren't so invaded by the ads. You know, they're on the TV, you can turn the TV off. But now it's it's invasive, you know. You switch on your phone and there's ads everywhere. You're trying to, you know, look through social media and just see pictures of your friends and their cats or whatever. And in the middle of it all, there's these very invasive ads telling you you're not thin enough, you're not beautiful enough, you're not rich enough, you don't have the right phone. Right. And so we're constantly told you will only be happy if, when or because. So so we're more and more feeling lacking Mm. more than ever before. It's become very um, invasive and very pressing, this feeling of, I don't have enough. Even though we have loads, we just feel we don't have enough, always. Yeah, we're almost suffering suffering because of the surplus. Exactly. Too much choice. Too much choice. And that's why your book is so brilliant, because you actually, through very, very digestible steps show people how they can find more inner happiness and one thing you write which I thought was very reassuring we are fundamentally all hard hardwired to be happy and I thought about that and I thought how do you know that's true well I think there's like a few pointers for example don't don't you feel that when Okay, when things go wrong, we notice that, don't we? Because there's a part of us that knows, oh, this isn't who I'm supposed to be. It's almost as if when things are going well, we kind of take the money and run. Mm. We don't question why. Why are things going well? Totally. When things go wrong, 
we notice that as an intrusion into how things should be. So there's a part of us that knows we should we we're designed for happiness. We're designed to feel okay, but when things go wrong, it's like something's fallen off balance. Yeah. And I think we all know that deep down inside. You know how you can be walking in a, a beautiful park or on the beach and it's all lovely, but you have a toothache. Yes. What are you going to notice? The toothache. You're going to notice what's wrong, not what's right. Because what's right is taken for granted. That's how things should be. That's who we are. And what's wrong is like we've fallen off balance and this needs to be fixed or corrected. And is that when you think meditation can step in to try and minimize the focus on the pebble and the shoe or give you the strength to focus on everything else but not the pebble and the shoe or the toothache? Yeah, I think meditation helps us be present. And I think we're really busy being absent, aren't we? Our life is all so made up of rushing around, being absent, being distracted. With meditation, you learn to be in the moment and to be happy in the moment, to be able to be just relaxed. And, you know, even if you're standing in a queue or stuck in traffic or late for a flight or whatever, you can be in that moment, just feel the ground under your feet, be aware of your body, be aware of your breathing. You're just in the moment and you're rebalancing that constant need for something else. Uh, I think also the other thing about meditation is I find that it it, it sort of fills you up from inside. Mm-hmm. It's like refueling your internal tanks. So you feel fulfilled within. You feel um, energized. You you can feel, um, well, at peace with your own thoughts. That's what That's the name of the game. You know, it's not about clearing the mind, but it's about being less tormented by negative thinking. So what is, I think we've, we've all got so confused because loads of people talk about meditation. And I think people assume, oh my God, if I'm not doing my 20 minutes TM a day, then I'm a failure. And it's another thing that we're, and I and, and look, I love this stuff, you know, I built a mindfulness app, but this, there'll be times when I'll go, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't done my meditation. Mm. And then it'll make me feel kind of guilty or whatever. What is meditation and what are, what are your tips to, I suppose, develop a meditation practice when you think life is too busy well that's the problem isn't it is that we we get too busy and then we don't meditate and then we beat ourselves up for not meditating we feel guilty oh i should be meditating i think one of the problems is i think one of the reasons people resist meditation is because they find it so hard and why they find it hard is because maybe they're approaching it from a a very sort of um, aggressive angle where you're trying to clear your thoughts away that's really aggressive. Sitting there trying to blank out your mind is incredibly harsh because you're basically trying to kill your own thoughts. Yeah. And it's impossible. The more you try and push your thoughts away, the louder they start shouting. Mm. So it just gets worse and worse. I think if you learn that meditation is simply about being being in the moment and focusing on your breathing and then your mind wanders, it goes all over the place, but then you gently bring it back. It's very gentle. Right. If you have a gentle approach to it, you'll want to do it. And the other tip is... You can do it in small moments throughout the day. I mean, yeah, it's great to do 15 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes, but also just those tiny microscopic moments, Mm. even while you're busy. I do it when I'm standing in a queue at an airport, or I'll do it when I'm... What will you do? I'll feel the ground under my feet. I'll drop my shoulders. I'll go into like a sense, a moment of sensing Mm. the moment. It's that simple. It kind of cools down your engines. So you wrote on page 10, which I thought was such a beautiful quote, and I'd love to kind of explore it a bit further. Our happiness and our problems both depend upon our state of the mind, yet most of us go through life with very little insight into the mind and its true potential. Mm. So many things to unpack there. What do you mean, first of all, 
the true potential of the mind. And also, I love this idea that us, the state of the mind is controlling our problems and our happiness. Yeah. So I think there's two. There's a few things there. So our happiness and our problems depend on our state of mind. Well, that's true, isn't it? If you think about it, how you feel inside determines exactly what's going on in your life. I mean, you you can uh, you can have a problem, uh, but actually, how you think about that problem is the key. I mean, supposing you say, yeah, 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 supposing totally. you say, I'm suffering because of my difficult boss. That's yeah. not actually true. You're suffering because of your thoughts about your difficult boss. That's yes. the difference. How your mind processes that reality is the key point. Otherwise, everyone would have the same experiences. They'd all go around feeling the same way because it's all coming from outside, but it's not. It's about your attitude. That's why you can go to work every day and have a different feeling about that boss or that colleague or whatever, uh, because as your mind changes, your reality changes. It's really mental strength, I suppose, you're getting at. this. It's like mental fitness. Right. Take your mind to the gym and get it fit. And then, and then what, what I said about potential is I think we go through life without realizing that our mind has this incredible potential for happiness mm. and this incredible potential for transformation. You know, we, we think we're stuck the way we are, but even scientists now talk about neuroplasticity, that you can change who you are just through repeating good behaviors and good habits. So we go through life thinking, well, I am this anxious person or I am this stressed person and there's nothing I can do about it. That's not true. We have an enormous potential deep within us that we kind of don't see and we don't realize, but it's there underneath. So from a scientific level, what is meditation doing to the brain? How is meditation strengthening the mind? Well, it's building new neural pathways and those become stronger and stronger and they become who we are. It's a bit like we are training in habits again and again. And that's what we do all the time unconsciously. Like if you if you get uh, irritated every day, that becomes who you are, doesn't it? Right. And you're literally unconsciously training in anger. So why not take that trainability of the mind and use it in the right way? Train in peace, calm, forgiveness, compassion. Just develop those neural pathways and they become stronger and stronger and then that's who you are. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I really liked the point you wrote around forgiveness mm. because that was also a moment where you suggest seeing a time where you can't forgive someone as an opportunity to strengthen your mind and use it as a trigger to create more peace. Can we talk about that a little bit more about this, because about forgiveness? Because I, I definitely think that's something 
you know, there's even a situation in my life right now where, and you wrote in your book so well, that feeling of, I can't let them get away with this. Yeah. And it is, it's like, no, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to forgive them. They can't get away with this. And actually, oh, it's, you know, it's but, burning me. But let's look at that. We got this voice in our head saying, I, I don't want them to get away with it. But actually... The fact that we are stuck in the anger means they have got away with it because they did or said what they did or said. And that's happened. And now we're going away chewing over it and resentful, hurt, feeling hurt, feeling upset about it. It means they won because they've hurt us so badly that now we're hurting ourselves again and again. So actually, forgiveness means they haven't got away with it because you freed yourself. So the more we can learn to let go of those feelings of resentment, the happier our life and the world around us becomes. I want to talk about stress because I think that stress, obviously, we've touched on it already. In your opinion, what, why do you think we are more stressed out than ever before? And what leads us to stress? Okay, well, I, I mean, I think the obvious answer is technology. But I want to mm. preface this by saying I'm not anti-technology. Technology is part of our lives now and we need to use it wisely. You know, we don't need to get rid of it, but we need to use it wisely. You know, there's even now problems with people's eyes due to scrolling. Opticians no. are, are recognizing a new eye condition associated with scrolling. <laughs> because as you scroll through your news feed, your eyes are flickering very, very quickly and, and kind of getting caught by things that you see that entice you. And you move on, you're scrolling with your finger. It's creating eye strain. I'm sure it's also messing with our brain chemistry because we're, we're so overstimulated and that's made us more stressed. It's like we're in fight or flight about 100 times a day. So Affecting our cortisol levels, absolutely. our health. And absolutely. then kind of counteracting what meditation does making us more you know more vulnerable i think to being triggered exactly and you know when we're so full of cortisol what that does is it burns up our blood sugar it makes us feel depleted then what do we do we drink loads of coffee we eat lots of sugar we're trying to like get our energy back but the things we're using to get our energy back are making us more tired we're caught in a cycle of exhaustion Okay, and this is what brings me to this amazing quote, which very much resonated with me. You write, we are borrowing energy from tomorrow. Yes, we're kind of creating false energy. But where does that come from? It comes from tomorrow. It comes from tomorrow's reserves, you know, we're going to get more and more depleted. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting we have to become like completely extreme about this, but maybe we need to get it under balance. Maybe we need to drink like less coffee or eat less mm. sugar or learn to use our phone a little bit less. It's, it's all about balance. It's not about going from one extreme to the other. So as a society, we learn to believe that we don't have actual value um, in of ourselves, but we just obtain the value from outside. And I think for me, this really, I suppose, made me think about this self-esteem epidemic and that I think culturally we're not taught to really value ourselves, you yeah. know, from a very young age. And you and I have talked about this before, you know, when we did that event mm -hmm. at Stylist Live, we talked about that uh, social media culture and how toxic it can be. I mean, let's not throw it all away. Let's use it in a balanced way. But when, yeah. it, when it becomes about seeking validation all the time, right. that's a real problem, isn't it? Yeah. And, and also, I think the more we get into that, the more we actually lose sight of who we are. Yeah. It's almost as if we don't even know what we like anymore because we have to check if other people like it. Right. Like you go, people go to a restaurant and they photograph their meal, post it online to check if other people approve of it before they eat it. 
Right. I mean, that's an extreme example. You know what I mean? We, we, we don't actually know who we are or what we like until we have likes from other people. Right. So so we we get lost in that and we're not sure anymore. Am, am I likable? And I think our parents are understandably quite stressed. Mm. So it's really easy for them just to say no all the time. I mean, even when, you know, when a child starts crying or expressing emotion, the stressed out parent will just say, no, stop it. So it's almost like the child has been programmed to believe that who they are is something to be said no to. And I think a very important point in all of that is how we then become terrified of our emotions because we're told... That they're bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is true. And this all sounds incredibly depressing. But the good news is that we can start to change that through these practices like mindfulness. It doesn't have to be a religious thing. I mean, sure, I'm a Buddhist monk, but I'm not here trying to promote Buddhism. My book isn't really about Buddhism. No, this is what I love it. You're like... I because you know I, I would love you actually to talk about you aren't always a monk. No, and and I'm never I've never really been interested in organized religion either. I just find Buddhism it's like a fascinating science. It's giving you yes. techniques through which you can explore your mind and you don't have to call it Buddhism. Nowadays you can practice what's called mindfulness. It's all the same thing. It's about exploring the mind and learning to be more in touch with who you are and be less bothered by your thoughts and emotions. And that way you can find more happiness because it's not coming from outside, it's coming from inside. I couldn't agree more. And B, thank you so much for, I suppose, explaining it in a way that these concepts like self-love, they're so desperately confusing. They are, yeah. And um, Because everyone's like, oh, I need more self-love. And like, oh. What does that even mean and how do we even get there? Oh, I think self-love is very much about accepting your thoughts and emotions. It's not it, It's not anything about, you know, sort of, I've got to wrap myself up in a duvet and never leave the house and that's mm. me looking after myself. That's right. really not going to work. Or I work. need to go pay $5,000 to go on a retreat. Yeah, or, or, or stuff that just kind of indulges mm. ourselves and makes us want more. Mm. I think real compassion for ourselves is when you sit there meditating and your thoughts and emotions start taking you away and you just accept those but come back to the breath. You don't have to push them away or make them stronger or anything. You just leave them alone, just let them be and come back to the breath. That's a profound self-acceptance because you're at peace with your own mind. Who's had the biggest impact on your life and why? Oh, well, definitely my meditation teacher. So when I went to my monastery um, in Scotland, you know, I became a monk when I was 21. I, I became a monk because I was incredibly unhappy. I was having panic attacks and I was having uh, huge bouts of depression and I was very ill. I'd, I'd lived in New York and I'd, I'd had this very kind of fast, excessive lifestyle and I had this sort of meltdown, this burnout. And I went to this monastery to seek help. I, I knew meditation might be good for me and I went there and I met this most incredible teacher. He was, he's passed away now. His name was Akong Rinpoche. And he became my personal teacher for you know, more than 20 years. He taught me everything I know. And he was so accepting and so compassionate. And whenever I was with him, I felt that he was incredibly compassionate about my suffering. But he also was drawing out my potential. He felt he, felt, he feels somebody's suffering and their potential. And that's a wonderful relationship to have. So he taught me a lot and I owe everything to him. Do you think his acceptance of you then allowed you to accept yourself? I think so, because finally here's somebody who just accepts me for what I am and and is, is okay with who I am and doesn't judge me. And that helped me to judge myself less. 
How long do you think that process took for you too? Because I oh, well, it's that- an ongoing thing. I haven't yeah. got there yet. I'm not saying, oh, I'm all sorted and it's all yeah. done. It's an ongoing thing. It's like peeling an onion, just layer mm-hmm. after layer. But I definitely found that even during my first year of learning uh, mindfulness, um, I started to feel better. The panic started to dis- uh, reduce and I started to feel kind of more happy inside myself. And I learned how to laugh without needing something to make me laugh. You know, I learned how to just be happy from from within. Little bit, little steps at a time, and I'm still working on it. So before we go into our quick round, I just want to lastly explore the concept of happiness as a choice. Yes. Because... I've seen a lot of people get a little bit angry about that because they're like, no, how is it a choice? I don't wake up, you know, wanting to be depressed or and and feel quite angry with you with their mental health. Sure. And it was interesting because you begin with happiness as a choice. And then I think the entire book really helps people to understand what you mean by happiness as a choice. Yeah, because I'm giving techniques. Mm. As you say, it can be really harsh to say somebody to say to somebody, well, just choose to be happy. Mm-hmm. And they're lying there in a heap of depression mm-hmm. and they're saying, well, excuse me, but, you know, I didn't choose to be unhappy. So don't you <laughs> wag your finger in my face and say, choose to be happy. Right. So I'm not doing that. I'm simply suggesting that there are techniques which can help us to have more mental flexibility so we can maybe choose to be in the moment Mm. and we can choose to be with the depression or with the unhappiness in a happy way because you can learn to fall in love with the present moment even if it's an uncomfortable one. It's all about learning to stop pushing things away. Okay, so ready for our quick round. The quick round is very simple. You just finish the sentence as I begin it and say whatever comes to your mind, everything's great and perfect and welcomed um, in the Not Perfect podcast. So I relax by... Meditating. The person I love most in the world is... My mother. I am dying to have dinner with... Oh, have they got to be alive? No. During the dinner anyway, they have to be alive. Um, <laughs> Stephen Hawking. It's that, it's, it's that combination of... Uh, I mean, obviously he's passed away. It's that combination of uh, brains and humour. Yes, that would be a very, you two would be an amazing dinner to just to be a flat on the wall on. If I could do it all again, I would. Oh, I wouldn't change a thing because even the bad times have helped me grow. Best thing I bought recently was? Oh, a book. I got a book called um, 10% Happier. It was great. Best piece of advice I was given was? Sit down and shut up. <laughs> I can agree with it. that's definitely for me too. Um, my first thought in the morning usually is What's happening today? Before I go to sleep, I always meditate. Always. Does that help you have a better sleep? Definitely. And it's like you you feel a bit like you process the day. Mm. And I find that, you know, the things that I didn't quite digest properly during the day come up and I can look at them. Think my life's quite intense at the moment. Mm. A lot of travelling, a lot of work, and then meditating before I go to sleep. It's almost like you resolve the day, mm. and you don't have to take it with you to the next day. Oh, love that! And finish this sentence. If you really knew me, you would know. <laughs> I'm not as holy as I look. <laughs> And that is why we love you. And this is why the book is so good. Because it's a real person talking to you about meditation and happiness. And yes, Tubton may look like a monk, but he just he's he's a human being. Just one of the guys. One of the guys. 
that you just want to go down to the pub and have a beer with. Well, I can't but do But be non-alcoholic beer. beer. <laughs> I, can do, I can do orange juice. Orange juice. We just want an orange juice with Tipton in the pub. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Thanks Not Perfect Thanks very podcast. much. Thank you. It's great to see you again. Please tell us where can we find you, where can we buy your book, and everything like that. Well, the book is called A Monk's Guide to Happiness. And you can get it in lots of bookshops, but definitely online, places like Amazon. Uh, you can find me on my website, gelongtupton.com. I'm even on social media, even though we've been going on about it. I think it can be used His for Instagram the good. Instagram is great. <laughs> Thank you. What's your Instagram? Gelongtupton, my name. Let's just spell that out. G-E-L-O-N-G-T-H-U-B-T-E-N. Epic. And all of this will be in the show notes because it is a great account full of inspiration uh, one of my favorites thank you thank you for listening to the very first episode of the not perfect podcast well done for getting to the end <laughs> please subscribe and share with anyone who might enjoy these interviews we have lots more in the pipeline thank you for sharing your time with me Find me across any social channels. It's just at Poppy Jamie. Download the Happy Not Perfect app for a full daily workout every day for a happier, less stressed and better sleeping life. And please message me any questions or requests for future guests. Till next time, lots of love and gratitude. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 